Welcome to The Pragmatic Pagan. Here we explore an inclusive pagan path via science-based witchcraft, no deities included. With a focus on nature and energy, this spiritual practice is centered on lunar tides and seasonal cycles. Check the link tree in the bio for lots of great resources. Merry meet all. This podcast is recorded on the homeland of the Duwamish people, and more broadly, the Coast Salish people, as well as many other indigenous tribes that make their home here in the Pacific Northwest of America, past, present, and future. As a spiritual being and steward of this land that I call home, I feel honored with the responsibility of caring for this piece of our planet. Please take a moment to join me in honoring the original stewards of the land on which you are residing and a moment of gratitude for the earth itself and the bounty it provides. Please join me in words that work for you. To the ancestors that hold this ground and for those spirits yet to come, May you fill me with guidance as I learn my place as a steward of this land and its creatures. In the gift of this role, I hold gratitude for all that surrounds me, for the water which cleanses me, for the earth's fruit which nourishes me, for the air that breathes life, for the fire that warms as it burns and for the divine cosmos within. I am a child of the universe, at one with the trees and the stars. May the tides of the moon fill me with silver and the sunbeams tint me in gold. From light to dark, from birth to death, spring to winter, new moon to full, and back again. It is a beautiful world, one worth protecting. This I will, as within, so without, as above, so below, as I am, so mote it be. The Pragmatic Pagan participates in Real Rent Duwamish as a way to compensate for the land that was stolen through violence and broken land treaties. I encourage you to look into and participate in Real Rent programs that support Indigenous communities in your area. I also encourage you to take an active stance in environmental issues, both at home and worldwide. Our planet needs its stewards, now more than ever. It can be as simple as picking up trash in your neighborhood, using less water, and buying local goods. Check out the link tree in the bio for more great ways to connect with our planet and give back. Hey there, you are in season one before the better mic, so just a heads up on the sound quality. You may need to adjust your volumes or settings. Thanks for your patience. Hi all, this episode is going to get into several topics. We're gonna talk a little bit about the nuts and bolts of witchcraft and answer some of those basic questions. Talking about whether there are such things as a good or white witch and if magic can be evil. 
What about the goddess and other deities? Fairies, ghosts, and the afterlife? What does it mean to practice nature-based witchcraft? So we're going to get to into all of that here in this episode, and you'll notice it's kind of divvied up into sections. But let me just start by saying one quick thing. Anyone can practice witchcraft. You do not have to be descended from anyone or belong to any specific group. You can belong to any religion and still practice witchcraft. That's right. I said it. Any religion. And remember, it's a tool and a skill that is honed over time and with practice. Great. Let's get started. Are you a good witch or a bad witch? That question? Wow, is that loaded. But let's just start and remember that witchcraft is just the manipulation of energy. It's a tool. What you do with it is up to you. That said, many traditions have rules or recommendations about how to practice within their creed. You may have heard things like the rule of three and karma. Both embrace the idea that whatever energy you send out will come back to you, and often magnified and with unintended consequences. It's a bit of the be careful what you wish for reminder. For example, in the rule of three, your intentions will come back to you threefold. This creed is a big base of the Wiccan tradition, tied in with the harm none and do what you will, it helps make for a solid reminder about what you send out on the energetic plane. Karma, originating from the Buddhist tradition, offers a very similar principle. And just remember that it's not always going to be an exact replication of the energy you send out. When you send out bad will, it's likely to come back at you. So being a good witch often refers to the type of creed you want to apply to your practice. And as far as evil witches and black magic, let's be clear, this is often a mislabel out of ignorance in reference to different folklore and witchcraft practices from around the world. Magic has always featured a bit of the gruesome. From blood and bones to hair and nails, these things are said to carry the essence of the organism. And they aren't wrong. Scientifically, that energy is still present. I will say to each their own on this, I'm a bit too squeamish. I will use my own hair in some spells, but other than that, that's kind of where I draw the line. But that's really up to you. And even on the lighter side of the craft, there are still moments that call for a necessity of a harsher hand. I mean, even as a garden and hedge witch can attest, sometimes you have to cut back a lot of a plant in order to save it. So it's really about being conscious. It's about knowing your intent, considering the ramifications, doing the best that you can. And here's where I'm gonna do a cultural call out. Please, always do your research. Approach whatever practice ritual magic you intend to use with respect and awareness. Know the history. Know if you intend to change its significance or take it out of context. You should be able to speak from a place of curiosity and respect about all of the rituals that you do. Everything you do will eventually tie into the energy you create and manifest for spell work. So how you find balance in your practice is entirely up to you. Consider your morals and values as a human. This will help to shape your creed as a practitioner of witchcraft. You will want to consider your limits. Where are you willing to direct your energy? And where is it better spent elsewhere? What you want to believe about how your intent and energy might return to you should be based on your experience. And from my experience, karma is real and shit comes back to you. So the Wiccans might be onto something. Love and light, y'all. For the intent of this podcast, harm none and do as thou will. 
in recent years witchcraft has become pretty synonymous with the goddess, a three-phase divinity that embraces and exemplifies the qualities of being feminine. The maiden, the mother, and the crone, a warm home and a tough warrior, the goddess is central to the Wiccan belief structure. While other practitioners of witchcraft look at different pantheons, many embracing multiple gods and or goddesses as part of their belief systems, there are even Christian witches. You can really be any religion and practice witchcraft. For the sake of this podcast, I'm going to say that I'm not personally much into divinity. I don't particularly choose one uh, form to embody my needs. So feel free to insert whatever form works for you or no form at all. And let me be very clear that this is only my thoughts on this. No one is wrong. I just honestly don't think it's about that. What I do think is that we are all made of stardust, and that is truly divine. Divinity is everywhere. It is everything. It is you. It is me. It is whatever or whoever we need it to be. If we need someone to talk to, we shape it into the form of divinity that works for our belief. I feel this to be true of all religions, not just those that practice witchcraft. The divine is all around you. It is you. It is me. To believe in the divine is to believe in yourself. Fairies, ghosts, and the afterlife. Not gonna lie. This is where you're gonna have to start kicking in that belief button. But that's not to say there isn't science behind some of this. It's just, you know, shakier science. And we're gonna spend a moment at the end of the episode getting into a lot more of it. So, fairies and ghosts. Roll with me on this for a minute, yeah? Energy likes to collect, to come together, and in doing so it creates what we will call little pockets of energy. Now human emotion is something we often forget creates energy, but the heat of anger or burst of laughter quickly shows us that emotion does actually generate this energy, even heat sometimes. And it's tied into our physical motions and presence in a space. Now imagine if that energy was so incensed that it remained in the space even after you left. So, for example, imagine a space where a family fought consistently. Doors were slammed daily. That energy created a path that was repeated and reinforced over time. The family leaves, and the doors still slam. Over time, that energy may dissipate or become balanced. It will stretch out and thin. The doors will slam less. Now, Taking that a step further, as a person who is learning to tune into that energy, we are able to see it more clearly. We can learn to interact with that unseen energy mass. We can help to balance and tune that energy so that it finds a way of existing outside of whatever bound it the first time, such as the slamming of a door. Now this is where the fairy folk come in, and yes, I understand this one may be a bit of a stretch for some. It is something that lives somewhere between belief and imagination for me, but I've had a few strange stories that have only affirmed my belief and fueled my imagination. That being said, consider fairies their own pockets of energy, not created by human emotion or reaction, but by the universe, the animals, the trees, the planet, the stars. They have their own shapes, the fairies do. They come in their own forms, and there are a lot of rumors about how to interact with them and what to do and what not to do. And we can spend a lot more on that at another time. I just want you to consider their awareness and possibility of existence. Now, what about the afterlife? 
From a scientific standpoint, we know that energy isn't created or destroyed. We know that when a person dies, a certain amount of energy mass leaves the body. And from where belief stands, perhaps that energy stays massed together, much like the fairies or the ghosts. Or maybe it dissipates into the ether, becoming a part of everything. The trees, the stars, you and me, and every particle in our universe. Pragmatic pause. This episode has a lot of ideas that really dance along the border between maybe science and a lot of belief, and even a little imagination. I do want to say that my thoughts on this are that it's not without science base. It's just that we don't have a lot of great science on it. For instance, we know that Newton's laws of motion have some very unique things that we know about how energy and objects interact. And we know that objects are different because they have mass, but there are still some really interesting ideas. The idea that energy once in motion will continue to stay in motion, or that everything has an opposite and equal reaction. Now, not all of that necessarily applies to what we're talking about, but that does mean that energy has a, uh, a scaffolding effect. It can affect more than just itself. It can affect things around it, and it can continue to affect things until it's stopped. So just some thoughts to chew on as we continue to explore how science and witchcraft work together. Nature-based witchcraft. I spent a long time trying to figure out how best to describe my belief systems. Growing up on a Wiccan tradition, I always felt a little uncomfortable with deity worship and found that I was more interested in worshiping the moon and the seasons, the changing of the tides, and the way that the world flowed around me. Didn't hurt that I also loved the stars and the planets and looking above me. And even more so to learn that we are all made of stardust and that that energy moves through all of us. And with practice that we can tune into and help move that energy along, that is what caught me. So for now, I'm calling it nature-based, although there is no oath of anti-consumerism, nor is there a strong push for tree-hugging. This is about everyday people becoming more in tune and aware of the world around them. To live by the seasons the way we were intended. And as we embrace that, as we share our knowledge of that journey, maybe we can begin to shift things. I imagine much like many of us, I struggle with the realities of the current paradigm. You know, a culture built on the destruction of the thing we need most, nature. We are forced to work jobs to make money to buy things we don't need. So I'll be honest, I can be doing so much better. So many things that I could be working on. And I plan to make that happen here with you. And that's why I'm here. And that's why I'm hoping we are here together sharing this moment because reshaping our culture is so important in the coming days. And I hope we can start a conversation where we do it together. In a world where all the witches come out of their broom closets and a world where we raise our candles to the sky and take back the planet, that is a world I believe in. As always, thanks for listening to A Pragmatic Pagan. Please join me next week for more practical ways to bring your inner witch to everything you do. 
I'd also love to hear more from you, your stories, your thoughts, any questions you may have. Find me on social media, on Twitter at Pagan Pragmatic, or on Facebook, A Pragmatic Pagan. As above, so below, until we marry meet again.